about this morning uh, for a little while, uh, if I can. And uh, uh, Wednesday night, I, I I just I just felt like going over this again. And Sister um, Alice come up for prayer a little bit ago. I know she's had a lot of sickness in her body, and uh, I know God is a miracle worker, and I'm believing God to work for her. But I, I was preaching. I kind of started off teaching, but it wound up a little bit of preaching. They say if you get excited, it's it's preaching. If you're boring, it's teaching. So I've done a little bit of both, and uh, all of my sermons seem to find. I just hope they're a little more exciting than boring. But anyway, I felt like just saying this, Sister Alice, and some of you that might be facing situations in your life today, that you are not only a friend, but you are a child of God. And no matter where you're at in this phase of your life, God still knows where you're at. And God still cares about where you're at. And God hasn't left you where you're at. Just hold on to the hand of God and everything's going to be okay. Amen. I love God. And I, I, I was just thinking about that last week. Amen. And more, more than just his friend. When you realize that you are a child of God and you come to the knowledge and understanding of who you really are, then you'll be open to receive all the things that our Father has for us. Jesus Christ, that's whose name I took on in baptism. So that's whose child I am. I'm a child of the King. If you have your Bibles, if you want to stand for the reading of the Word of the Lord, Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1, verse number 4 and verse number 5. Thank you, Brother Trey, for the word of the Lord. And uh, so proud of Brother Trey and these other men that are uh, has a desire to do something for the Lord. And uh, God bless them. Again, young people, I will announce this again. There will be practice before service tonight. I, I, I think that you already have the time on that, but... I want you to show up 15 minutes early for that practice because I have somewhat to say to you tonight before practice. So be here early for that practice, and uh, they'll be starting off service tonight, and then they'll be singing Friday night at the beginning of service. So remember that. Be here whatever time you're supposed to be here. Be here 15 minutes before, please. Thank you very much for your cooperation. And all the ones we have... We have divided a class, and um, the younger teenagers, I believe it's from 13 to uh, 16, are in my wife's class. That's a new class that we started. Uh, the reason why we started it is she said she wanted to do a little preaching, and I had to make a position for her. No, not really. But, but anyway, she has a burden for the young people. And then we, we were our... our uh, young people's class, what we call the young people's class, uh, we're trying to reach a broad area. So the reason why we divided that is where some of you that are older and are not married, uh, but you have grown into the category of young adults, that you will be in Brother Josh and Sister Joy's class and will be in the youth room. So I've seen some of you coming in here. I'd appreciate if you would uh, go to those classes uh, that you're supposed to be in and 
help us with that. The reason why we, we split it up is just for some of you older ones. So uh, Brother Josh is well equipped and well prepared and does such a tremendous job. Thank him for his work. Acts chapter 1. Thank you for your cooperation. Verse number 4. The scripture says, And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem. I know this is a strange scripture to y'all. Y'all have never heard this before. But wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. Remember back in, I believe it was John chapter 14, John chapter 16, where Jesus was telling his disciples, and then he said, wait for the promise. Remember what I was telling you back then. It's time now for the promise to be delivered of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me, because I've told you about it. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. Lord bless you. You can be seated. Amen. Amen. I, I was scanning uh, the audience a while ago and and they accuse me, I've had some of the sisters to accuse me of um, when these young men get up here and start uh, teaching and preaching that I really get a smile on my face. And uh, I was kind of scanning, it's good to have Brother Trey's mother here today, her husband. I was scanning the crowd and I kind of got a glimpse of her face, and I, I looked over there, and Brother Gore, man, he was perked up paying attention to that grandson. Amen. I know they're proud of Brother Trey. We're all proud of Brother Trey. Amen. Thank God. And I'm, I'm proud of them, too. I feel like they're, they're my young men that I've had a great influence in their life, and I want to do it in the right direction. Amen. Acts is a, it is just simply a book of the actions of the apostles in the New Testament church. And uh, so, so if you ever want to find out what the New Testament church believed and what they did and their actions and how they conducted themselves and things, you go to the book of Acts and you will find just what they were doing and what was happening under the ministry of the apostles. Today, we are, um, we are about to start services, and uh, if it's not revival, and if you don't have a move of God, it's a seminar, I guess. So, but we are about to start revival, because I am anticipating a move of the Holy Ghost. The reason why I anticipate that because the scripture said where two or three are gathered together in my name, in his name, in the name of Jesus, he said he's going to show up in the midst of them. So we are children of the name of Jesus. I've already mentioned that. And uh, so I, I know that the Lord is going to be here with us and we're going to have a great time and souls are going to be added unto the church because that is the New Testament plan, that is the book of Acts, that's what was happening and that's what was taking place. What I want to talk to you 
about this morning is Acts Revival. Amen. Revival is not, I don't, I don't even, I, I don't believe that revival, the word revival is in the scripture such as revival. But the scripture does make mention of a reviving and revive, which is uh, in a great association of being the same thing, of having a uh, revival. And revival is just simply a reviving of something that uh, was, once was, and a, a reviving of spirit, a reviving, it can... Uh, just simply mean a reviving of spirit. It can simply mean a series of services. So uh, revival is a modern day term that we use, but it is something that actually happened in the Bible. And when we look at uh, revival, we go back and, and start in the book of Acts and we can see what was going on and what was taking place. Now there is some steps that they took in the Bible that brought on the great revival that was poured out in Acts, uh, the whole book of Acts, but the whole New Testament uh, after uh, the book of Acts. But even in Acts chapter 1 and Acts chapter 2. And uh, so, so we're going to cover some of those steps this morning, and I hope that it would help us in preparation for a great move of the Lord. The first thing that they did is they were waiting and not getting in a hurry. We are living in a generation that is a right now generation, and uh, I've got to have it right now, and I've, I, I can't... I, I don't have time. How many, how many likes to wait? Not many hands go up. I hate waiting. I despise waiting. And uh, I, I don't like when, I, when I'm ready, I'm ready. And I, I want everybody to be ready. But the scripture said that, that Jesus did not send his disciples off just with nothing. And he did not automatically bless them with the promise. But he said, I want you to go back to Jerusalem. He told them a specific place to go. And he told them what he wanted them to do when they got there. He said, I don't want you to get in a hurry, but I want you to wait. I don't, I don't find in the scripture where Jesus ever gave them any indication on how long that it was going to take. So, they went back and they began to wait upon the promise. The second thing that they did, they were committed for waiting upon the promise. Acts chapter 1, verse number 4 and 5 that we have already read. Now let's read it again. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem. They had to be committed to Jerusalem and committed on waiting for the promise. Now, 
Jesus was gone. Now, as long as he was there, they had a pretty good crowd. But now Jesus is gone and we're waiting. And what are you waiting for? Well, I'm waiting on a promise. What's the promise? Well, it's the Holy Ghost. Well, what's the Holy Ghost? Well, we're really not sure. But we'll know it when it gets here. So they were committed. Now, there is a lot of people that, that are revival chasers. You ever, yeah, a few years ago, there was a book out that, that someone wrote called God Chasers. Anybody ever heard of that? And so they were chasing God. The reason why they're chasing God, because everywhere they went, God left. He didn't want to be part of it, so they kept chasing him around. Uh, that probably wasn't necessary, but it's the truth. Anyway, so so people, there is there is people that are revival chasers. Now, when you are in a church, you have to be committed to that church. You have to be committed to the vision of that church, which is a vision of the pastor. And so you have to be committed to the church. You have to be committed to the pastor. If not so, you're going to hear about something happening across town or across the state or in another state. And you're going to say, oh, that's revival. I must chase revival. I can remember a few years ago, um, to some of you younger ones, it would be many, many years ago, but it was in the early 80s, that, um, that a... A man come through town there in Stuttgart and he, he was calling people out. He was the prophet. He was prophesying. And, and uh, I, I can remember for months, me and my brother talk about this quite often, for months my daddy preached or he taught on, on every Sunday morning on deception. The end time. What was one of the signs of the end time? Take heed that no man deceive you. Now, long before this man ever come to town, he was teaching about deception. And watch out for deception. Deception comes in many forms. It comes in many sizes. It comes with many uh, opportunities, many gifts. But be careful of deception. So, uh, people, man, they got interested in the prophet. And they got to going and the prophet was prophesying the prophet was a healing, and the prophet was causing great signs and wonders. And so there was a couple people in the church that kind of got involved in that. So even more so, we heard about deception. But they were deceived, and they took their families. Now, this was a traveling preacher, and they took their families out of a stable, secure place. And they began to chase this prophet all over the country. Had to go hear the prophet. Had to be with the prophet. Had to, had to help the prophet. They were the prophet's helpers. And they left a good secure place. And they started chasing revival. Wherever, wherever, wherever. Now, I, I don't know why I'm preaching this this morning. Maybe God's talking to somebody. But, but anyway, they began to chase revival. In the process, they lost their family. In the process, they got mixed up in false doctrine. In the process, they lost their own soul. And today, the last time that I've seen them, they did not even resemble Pentecost 
whatsoever because they were chasing a revival. I've, I've got to go where people's receiving the Holy Ghost every night. People's just falling out and slain under the Spirit every night. And I've got to find out. And no doubt, no doubt, there was different, there was different uh, uh, people that had heard Jesus' teaching. And, and uh, they, had, they had a group on this side of town. And that's, now these are things the Bible does not record, but people are people. And people get different ideas and different opinions. Well, and they're gathered in the upper room and no news comes to the apostle Peter. And to John and to James and to Thomas and Bartholomew and, and uh, Matthew and, uh, and uh, Simon and, and Judas, the brother of James. And all that were there in the upper room. Man, they're really having a move over there. Something is really taking place over there. And no doubt some left the upper room to go find out what was happening. Maybe left just to go take up their work and, and go back to doing whatever they had done before. But to those who were committed, a revival is not going to have, or, or, or a church is not going to have growth Continually, there is sometimes it's just like in a relationship when the the relationship is healthy when it is like it should be. Children will be born into the relationship. There is times that that we are not going to see the revival that we are hungering for and desiring. Now, I can't say that that's always God's will. Sometimes it's our spirit is not right to receive the things that God would have for us. So here the disciples were, they were in the process of getting to the place where God could entrust them with what God had for them. And so they had to be patient and they had to be committed. Amen. So when... They were committed and they were patient and they were patiently waiting. In Acts chapter 1 verse number 12 and verse number 13 it said, Then returned they unto Jerusalem from the mount called Olive, which is in, which is from Jerusalem a Sabbath day's journey. And when they were come in, they went up into the upper room and where abode both Peter and James, and John, and Andrew, Philip, and Thomas, and Bartholomew, and Matthew, and James, the son of Alphaeus, and Simon, Zealot, and Judas, the brother of James. Here they were all gathered together, and they were committed that it doesn't matter how long it takes. Now some people are committed for a short period of time. And so, as long, we'll, we'll have one services and we'll have Sunday morning, Sunday night, Monday and Tuesday. Have that two weeks, buddy. If revival hadn't happened in two weeks, I ain't showing up the third week. Oh, it's quiet. And, and so, if revival don't happen in four weeks... 
Well, I tell you what, it's time to do something different around here. It's time to give us a break. We're just tired. We just wore slap out. Most of you stay up past 9 o'clock every night anyway. But it's different when you come to church. I know it just wears you slap out. I heard some people making mention of church on Sunday night just wears them slap out. I don't feel like I've been to church if I ain't wore slap out. Amen. So, so here we are. Now, now, Peter, listen, it ain't happened yet. So, well, Peter says, just wait. He promised it to us. So just wait. You've got to be committed. Are you committed to revival? Are you committed to the work of God? Are you committed to the house of God? Then I'm just, it's just church time. It's just church time. When it's church time, I just go to church because it's church time. Amen. I am committed to the work of God. Because I, I remember, I remember a lady, uh, them, them telling me she was, she was either dead and gone before I arrived or, or either I was too young to even remember. But I can remember them referring to the fact that she would say, uh, I, I would, she'd stand up and testify. I said, I can remember before I got the Holy Ghost that people would testify, Oh, you should have been here last night. God was here last night. The Holy Ghost was here last night. Oh, we had a move last night. And she said, I'd always miss the night that God was there and they really had a move. But one day I made it to the service that God showed up. And it forever changed my life. I want to tell you the importance of coming, being committed to faithfulness to the house of God. You never know what God's going to do. Amen. You never know what's going to happen. And hearing about it on the phone or on the internet is not good enough. Amen. You need to be in the house of God to receive what God would have for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. What, what would have happened if on the day, the day before the Holy Ghost was poured out in the upper room, Peter would have said, you know, I, I think I'm going to fishing. I'm going, I'm going to do something different. I'm going to change the direction in my life. James would have said, you know, I, I've had enough of this. Mary, the mother of Jesus, said, oh, you know, it's all over. We might as well go to the house. No, thank God. They had patience and they were committed to the work of God. Waiting, waiting, waiting on the promise. Amen. Don't be, don't be a, a, a fire chaser. Amen. Just, just chasing, just chasing after every wind of doctrine that comes along. Just, oh man, I, I got to be here, I got to be there, I got to do this. I oh man, we, you know, just, just pray. Just be faithful. Just be committed. And God's going to give you the revival that you're desiring and that you're hungry for. The, the third thing that they were doing, they were, they, they had unity. Now, unity is important. Unity is important. In a relationship, again, until there is unity, there is no children born into the relationship. 
There has to be unity. There has to be commitment. There has to be a, a bonding together. There has to be unity in the church. And it is important that, that in the upper room they were not there bickering and fighting over who's getting to sing, over who's getting to play, over who's getting to receive the offering, over who's getting more recognition than the other. Now, now they were human and they had that problem at one time. Because the disciples said, who's going to sit on this side? And one of, one of the mothers, oh, praise God. One of the mothers said, now, now my boy is going to be right there. Uh, Lord, I didn't know this held all of this for us this morning, but it's good anyway. And so, so they... They, they, they had this problem, but when they come together, they come together in unity. That it doesn't matter who does what. I'm just glad to be part of what's about to happen. Amen. I, I'm glad to be part of what God is about to do in this place. Amen. When we come together and our minds are set up on what are you doing? What are you doing here? Amen. As you would go around and you would ask James, and you would ask Peter, and you would ask those 120 that was in the upper room, what are you doing here? I'm waiting on the promise. What, what are you doing here? I'm waiting on the promise. They were in unity that we are gathered together here to receive the promise that Jesus had promised us. I want to tell you today, church, that when we start coming to the house of God with unity... Amen. That we are here to receive what God would have us to do. We have just come into the house of God to worship Him and to give Him glory. It doesn't matter what so-and-so's wearing. It doesn't matter what they have on. It doesn't matter what kind of car is parked in the parking lot. It doesn't matter. Amen. Who's preaching? Who's singing? Amen. We come together to join in in unity. We've got to have a move of God. We've got to have revival. We've got to have a move of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. 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 There is a scripture that is misquoted. And that is Acts chapter 1 and verse number 14. And they are with these all continued in one accord. It does not say they were in one mind. We always say, and in Acts chapter 2, they were all in one mind and one accord. No, they were in one accord. That wasn't a Honda either. But they were in one accord. Had, they had unity. There was many different minds. And it's hard to keep your mind all on the same track. Now, now and all focused on the same thing. They were not all in one mind, but they were all in one accord. We are coming from different walks of life. We're coming with different problems and different circumstances that dictate a lot of times what frame of mind that we are in. But when we get to the house of God, we come together in one accord to worship 
and to be a blessing to God to see what God is going to do for the church. Amen. And when we bring ourselves into captivity, it starts dictating where our mind is. And that's the reason why it's important to go to the prayer room before church and have early church prayer because we bring our mind into captivity unto the Spirit. And then when we enter into the house of God, we are in one accord in the place to receive what God would have for the church. I want to tell you today, church, we have got to be together. That revival is our focus. That revival is our mission that we understand that without revival we die and we perish. But we must have a move of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now I know, I know, I know some people revival is not, not really of any, any importance. That you can live with it or you can live without it. Some people are under the mindset that, that I'm happy and I'm comfortable just the way that I am. Don't move me. Don't push me. Don't, don't try to get me to move closer to God. Don't, don't try to get me to worship. Don't try to get me to be faithful. Don't try to make, get me to make a, a commitment. Don't, don't try to force me out of my comfort zone. But I want to tell you today, as long as I'm here, we're going to be pushing, we're going to be pumping, we're going to be priming, amen, trying to get you to move from where you're at to where God wants us to be, amen, this few is not all God has for this church, amen, there's going to be times where you're going to have to give up your seat, that is the vision, amen, that is the desire that I have, amen, God is wanting to give us revival and the Church has got to get on board. God, that's my heartbeat. God, that's my desire. God, that's what's inside of me. I want everything that you have to offer. Thank you. Thank you. Ten of you. Ten of you. Appreciate that. That's all, that's all we need. We, we can change. We can change the course of history. Amen. Because you have a desire. There's something inside of you pumping you and priming you. Hey, I want to do more for God. I want to be more for God. What are you waiting on? I, I really don't know what's going to happen. But I have a promise from God that He said if I'll be committed, if I'll wait, if I'll tarry, if I'll have a committed attitude and spirit that God is going to give me revival. Amen. 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 Unity. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. Acts chapter 2, verse number 1. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. They were all with one accord in one place. Now you can have a move at your home. You can, you can touch God at your home. But it's never going to take the place of the church. Of the congregation gathering together. Amen. That's the reason why. That's the reason why. Oh, help us Jesus. I don't think we need to cut out any more services than what we've already cut out. Amen. Because... 
We need to come together as a unified body of Christ to praise him because it's amazing to me that that this this is important to your your salvation is is when you when you see someone that's praying and seeking God for the Holy Ghost it is important for you as a child of God to get up and pray with them why because not only to help them, but the reason why. In the process of helping them, you're going to receive something from God. Amen. I, I've seen those that's praying for somebody that the Holy Ghost just fall on the one that's praying for them. Amen. And they just have a Holy Ghost fit. Why? Because I'm helping somebody get what they need from God. It's not all about me. And it's not all about you. But it's all about Him. And that's what everything is about as what I can do for God and how I can help somebody find Him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Verse 46, And they continued daily with one accord in, in the temple. In the temple. And breaking bread from house to house did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. Amen. What was singleness of heart? They all had the same heartbeat. No matter where I'm at. No matter what I'm doing. Amen. If we could just have a move. If we could spread this gospel. If we could share this gospel. If we could help somebody. And then Acts chapter 4 and verse 24. And when they heard that they lifted up their voice to God. With one accord. And said, Lord... Thou art God, which hath made heaven and earth and the sea and all of them that are therein. Amen. This is what they did. They were a unified body of Christ. Amen. Amen. Unity is powerful. Unholy unity is powerful. Unity is powerful. No matter if it's of God are not of God. You look at the Tower of Babel. They were building a tower to the heavens. And they would have succeeded because of why? They had unity. They were together. They were in one accord. This is our desire. This is what we're going to do. And they were building a tower to heaven. And then God looked down and what did God say? He said, them foolish people, or he did not say those foolish people, they're trying to build a, heaven, a tower to heaven. They will never succeed. How foolish. No, he said, they're going to do it. They're doing what is in their heart. They're making a tower to heaven. And what did God do? He came in amongst them. And he broke the communication up where they, they couldn't speak to one another. And he divided them. And what happened after that? They left what they were doing. And they went their separate ways. The devil has taken a lesson from God in the fact that if he can get you where you can't communicate, and you can't get along. 
and you having this with that that's what happens in a home the home life is such a it is a model for the church or the church is a model for the home life God's church the way he set it up is patterned after a husband and wife relationship so here we are if we have problems and bickering and backbiting they had this in the, the Bible. You find the Apostle Paul dealing with it time and time again. It's bad when you backbite and devour one another. Be careful lest you be consumed of not from the outside but from the inside of one another. That stops revival and stops what God wants His church to be producing. So when we come together, I can't. How can you be so foolish to the fact that my singer's not singing and I'm not going to worship, blessed God. They got sin in their life. You do too. You ever thought about that? Bless God, I, I just can't believe that. Oh, if that one testifies, I'm just going to have to walk out. I know, I know I'm, I know I'm, I'm about to hit a home run here because it's getting quiet in the audience. But, but here, <laughs> I hope I don't strike out. <clears throat> I'm making good contact though, I guarantee you that. <laughs> but, but here we are, I, you know, every little frivolous little thing the devil throws up and he magnified, I, I feel, I, feel, I feel a little repercussion because of these young kids starting service on Sunday night. I, I do feel a little bit of that. I ain't the way we did it before. Bless God, man, you ought to be shouting a victory every time one of them tries to do something for God. You ought to be so excited. That's your kids. That's, that's, that's your grandkids. Man, we shouldn't, shouldn't be able to keep the grandpas and the grandmas settled down. Because, you know, what, what are we trying to accomplish here? What, what's our vision? What's our goal? I tell you, I just... Brother Looper, he's too excited all the time. My Lord, he acts depressed. He, my goodness, he preaches on that all the time. You ought to be at church all the time. I guess that is my candy stick, bless God, I love it, because I know it's important. But, but here, we, here we, I just, I, that, this makes me mad, and that makes me mad. Some of you can't get a blessing when you go to the house of God because you're fault-finding. Amen. I, I, I do the best I can, but I don't go around inspecting everybody's life, and possibly you know something I'm usually the last one to know, I'll tell you that. You know something that I don't know, but you know what you ought to do? You ought to pray about it. I tell them, if you ain't living right, don't come up here. But I ain't going and inspecting every corner and crevice of your, your life trying to find fault. I want you to be saved. I want you to do something for God. I want this church to be what God wants this church to be. And thank God. 
Thank God there is somebody that believed in me when I was younger, when I was messing up, when I was twisted up. That somebody said, hey, you're going to make it. Hey, get back up. Hey, keep on fighting. Amen. I want to tell you today, church, we cannot afford to lose anybody on this walk with God. Get back up. You can make it. You can do it. Everything's going to work out. Hallelujah, 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 amen, I just, I just, unity, amen, unity of the brethren, unity of the church, unity in working together, unity in, in vision of what, what, what I, what I want to see happen, what I, what I want to see take place. I, you know, I, I, it's hard to get some people even excited when I'm talking about your kids praying through. Amen. Unity and this this is what we got to have. This this is a move of God that I want. This this is a desire of my heart. This is my heartbeat. This is what I'm longing for. This is what I'm hungering for. Amen. Not not just for a bigger church, not just for more people, not not just for more money, not just for a bigger auditorium. Amen. But there is people that is lost, that is dying, that does not know this truth. Amen. It's our responsibility to show them, hey, Jesus loves you. God wants to work for you. God wants to deliver you from drugs. God wants to deliver you from the sin that is binding and has you bound. That God wants to make a way from you. That is the mission of the church. Amen. We cannot fulfill and execute our mission until we find the unity that God wants us to have. Amen. Of a church working together and bonding together and praying together and being what God would have it to be. I'm running out of time before I run out of notes, but I promise you I'm going to quit here in a few minutes. The men, they're, they're fine. The ones that showed up over there this morning, the faithful men, they had eggs and sausage and everything, so they're 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 good with it. But some of us some of us are hungry. Amen. Acts. The longer I go, the more I act like Brother Duplessis. I'm up here talking about food now. Acts chapter five. Acts chapter five, verse number twelve. And by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people, and they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. You know where Solomon's porch was? Is at the house of God. Amen. They were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. Romans chapter 15. I know this is out of the book of Acts. Romans chapter 15, verse number 6. That ye may with one mind and one mouth. Now there we go with one mind and one mouth. Glorify God. You know what brings that together? Is when we've been in the prayer room getting in the mind frame of God. Now that does not mean that we're all in each other's mind. 
That means that we have brought our mind into captivity to the spirit that when we come out of prayer and enter into the sanctuary, we are in the same mind together that we have come to glorify the King of kings and the Lord of lords, that we may glorify God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Then the fourth thing, the fourth thing that they had in the book of Acts is prayer. Acts chapter 1, verse number 14. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the woman and Mary. I read this scripture earlier, but I was talking about accord. Now we're talking about the prayer. The mother of Jesus and with the brother. Now, now if these all pray, how much more should we pray? These were the hand-picked disciples of Christ. And they prayed. If they get ready to sing, I'm just about ready to quit. These are the hand-picked of Jesus Christ. This is the mother of Jesus Christ. And while they were in the, pray in the upper room, they began to have a prayer meeting. No program will produce revival. Prayer is what's going to bring it. That's what brought it in the past, and that's what's going to be bringing it when Jesus comes. There is things that will complement things we do for outreach, catchy things that we try to do to get people to come to the house of God. But there is nothing that will ever take the place of a good old-fashioned prayer meeting that when we bombard heaven and we get a hold of God and God begins to move in our midst. <clears throat> you look at revival in past. You look at what God has done in the past. What God done in the past, He will do in the future, but He's going to only do in the future by the same means that He did in the past. In the book of Acts, they were all in the upper room what are we going to do, Peter? We've sung. We've shouted. We've done all of these things. We're together. We're committed. Now what do we do? Let's just pray. Let's pray and see what God is going to do. Let's pray and see what God is going to do. We've got to pray, church. Not play church. Pray church. We have got to pray. You cannot have unity if you do not have prayer. You cannot have revival if you do not pray. You cannot be healthy if you do not pray. You've got to have a prayer life. Verse number five, I'm not skipping over that because it's unimportant. And I'm leaving it rather quickly but I'm leaving it rather quickly because I took too much time on the others. Witnessing. Acts chapter 1 and verse number 8. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the other most parts the scripture says in Acts chapter 2 and verse number 6 it says now when this 
was noise abroad. The multitude came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language. Now when this was noise abroad, Jesus said, Ye are my witnesses. You know, billions, billions of dollars is spent on advertising. How many... How many has driven from here to San Antonio in the last few years? Has anybody ever heard of Bucky's? When you leave, I, I was coming back from Florida. I believe I was in Alabama, and I seen a sign that says something like, five, only 500 and something miles to Bucky's. You follow Interstate 10, you will see sign, billboard after billboard after billboard that advertise Bucky's. Bucky can do this, Bucky can do that, Bucky has this, Bucky has that. And it gets your attention to the fact that when you get to Bucky's, bless God, you're going to stop at Bucky's. And you know what? If it's around the holiday, there is nowhere to even park. And I don't know how many gas pumps they have at that place. But you know, it wasn't just the billboards. It's how many's ever been around anybody that says, man, you ever stopped at Bucky's? Man, I got, I got a Bucky sticker on my truck. I got, man, that Bucky's, man. I, we was going to Dallas the other day, and they have one on 45. Brother Shields wanted to stop at Woody's. I said, evidently, you've never stopped at Bucky's before. So we stopped at Woody's, and I said, I got in there, I said, this ain't nothing compared to Bucky's. On the way back, you know where we stopped? We stopped at Bucky's. The best advertisement is by letting somebody see what God has done in your life. Now, he could have seen signs. He, he, he seen signs, but he said, I, big deal, Bucky's. But when I told him, hey, man, this is the best thing since sliced bread, they got it. Everything they got this, they got that, they got those. Man, they man, they got oh anything you want, they got it. So you know what? His friend convinced him, and I want to tell you that you are the best advertisement, you are the best billboard that Jesus has because of what God did in your life. Ye are my witnesses. Ye are my witnesses. You are going into a world and showing people what God has done in your life. And when you go into a world, don't you want my Holy Ghost? Come on. Don't tell anybody you've got it because it's evident that it's not showing. But when the Holy Ghost... Is, it's something that bubbles. Are you going to have a bad day? Yes, but on my bad day, I can still glorify God for the Holy Ghost that He's placed in my life. Amen. Amen. Glorify God in your bodies. Magnify God in your bodies. Show people the light in a lost and dying world that there is hope. 
Amen. Like Brother Trey was saying this morning, I'm glad that I have hope. They've never seen this hope. But we have been enlightened and, and enhanced to this glorious light of God that is shining into our life. So we are supposed to allow a lost and dying world to see, hey, this is not all there is to it. Man, I have found something that is so good. Woo! Man, I just can't wait to get back at church again. Because what I have found Good. I got to tell somebody. I got to tell somebody what Jesus did for me. I, I've got to spread it. I've got. Let's all say it. I've got to show somebody. I've got to help somebody. Amen. You can't keep it to yourself. That's not the only reason why God saved you out of a world of sin, but He saved you to be able to influence others in this godly direction to help somebody. Don't you want to go to heaven with me? Don't you want to go to church with me? Don't you want the blessings of God on your life? Don't you want, I want to tell you, no matter who you are, no matter what you are, no matter what nationality you are, no matter what walk of life you've come from, God still loves you and God still cares for you and God still will help you and this Holy Ghost is still for you today. And I want to tell you, if you don't know God in the power of the Holy Ghost this morning, there is nothing ever, ever that would happen in your life that would be as good as receiving the Holy Ghost into your life. Nothing can compare. Riches can't compare. Amen to the Holy Ghost that God has given us. Because they waited. Because they were committed. Amen. Because they had unity. Because they had prayer. And because they were witnesses. We have what we have. We are able to enjoy what God has blessed us with. Let's sing. Let's have a